40 million adults who report suffering from anxiety in some way, and that's only adults. Statistics show that one in eight children and teenagers have dealt with anxiety. That makes anxiety the most prevalent mental illness affecting Americans today. Now, how do we reconcile those facts with the truth to be found in God's Word? Today's message from Associate Pastor Justin McNeil entitled Go Fish is an investigation on 1 Peter 5-7 that says, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Enjoy this encouraging message from the City of Life Church podcast. the God Talk series, and I'm really excited for it because I believe this word is going to transform lives today. So turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Peter says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That big verse again there, verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The title of this message today is Go Fish. Go Fish. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the privilege to be in your house today. Thank you for these students that have performed today and thank you for the school, for uh, Blink Performing Arts, for City of Life School of Ministry. Thank you for a house like this that believes in the next generation. God, and I pray that today as we get into the word, you would speak to us and build us up. Let there be breakthrough today. Let chains be broken today. Let today be a win for the kingdom. And we ask God that you would move in a mighty way in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to give a special hello to everyone watching online. Come on, Kissimmee Campus. Why don't we show them some love? We love you guys. Just wanted to take a second. I don't know. I just feel so strong that this is for you today too. People who are watching, this is really for you. So lean into this moment and I believe God's going to speak. So Peter says this huge statement, cast all your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. I love that he uses such a significant word, anxieties, because anxiety is a really, it's a really significant issue in our culture today. So today as part of our God Talk series, which if you haven't heard the other installments, please go listen to Pastor Jeff's teachings, especially Vision Sunday last week. I've been like re-digesting that so much. It was incredible. But this idea builds on our, our theme of prayer, which I've loved. Have, have you guys been tuning in to Hearing Heaven at 11.11? Show, give me a show of hands. Yeah. So every day at 11.11, we have been praying as a church. Our, our focus this year is about being a people of prayer and hearing heaven. And you know, most people like make a wish at 11:11. we said forget that let's shake heaven let's hear God let's pray and so all week we've been interceding together but today we're looking at this idea of prayer and anxiety and how those two things interact and anxiety like I said is something that runs through our culture in a really scary way according to the anxiety and depression association of America which if I was making a club <laughs> that's not the name <laughs> The Anxiety and Depression Association. Like, I, I would pick something more fun. Anyway, the, anxi the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, according to their research, anxiety disorders are the most prevalent mental illness in American culture today. 40 million American adults suffer from anxiety disorder. 40 million American adults and it seems that anxiety disorders have only become more prevalent with the rise of social media. As people are exposed to constant imagery, it brings up their deep-seated fears and social anxieties in a way that is almost unavoidable. 
Now, those statistics that I listed, that 40 million, was only for adults. Now, let's speak of young people. Amongst children and teenagers, one in eight young people suffer from a diagnosable anxiety disorder. One in eight. What used to be thought of as a very adult battle is now being fought by at least three students in each classroom in America today. Walk into your first grade class and see all 25 of those kids, at least three, statistically, are battling an anxiety disorder. This isn't something that just happens rarely and only for stressed older people. It's run through our culture. And that's why what we're doing today matters. Like, that's why we took the time to do all of this. This isn't just a school commercial. This isn't just to showcase some really talented kids, even though they are. We love you guys. Great job. Three performances today, back to back. You're amazing, and I know you're going to take a great nap today. But it's, it's more than that. It's because we really believe in the power of Christian education to give your young person the foundation to build their life upon so they can be equipped to win the battles they are already fighting. The battle is going on whether we acknowledge it or not. No matter where your student is, they're fighting a battle. But we have created a space for them to be equipped with the posture of prayer and worship. This is how we fight our battles. And we want to equip our young people on how to do that. That's what this is all about. But anxiety has run through our culture. And in a room this size, statistics show that probably dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of people have battled anxiety. And while I can't say for sure exactly how many in the room deal with anxiety or have fought it, I can say there's at least one, me. 2018 proved to be one of the most difficult years in my life. I was journeying through some difficult uh, moments with a few families, which is not abnormal for me, the nature of my position, you know, puts me in really tough moments with people, and I, I am grateful to be used in that way. I believe I'm graced to bring light into dark, so none of that was abnormal, but I remember a specific moment where I was observing some people in some, some tragic pain, and I was just watching and being present as I always am, and I felt something happen in me, and I wish I had a better way to describe it, but this is the only way I can. It felt like I pulled an emotional muscle. I, I, I wish I had a better way, but that's honestly what it felt like, because right up until that moment, I had a good pace, I had a good stride, I was making moves, doing things, and then it's just like, I felt something. I, I felt it physically in my chest, but I knew it wasn't physical, and I kind of just like, like brushed it off and pushed through, and then over the next few days, I was like, ah, that was weird, I'm just sad, I guess I'm just sad. But what I attributed to just sadness grew, and the symptoms grew, and it persisted, and weeks, and weeks, of difficulty began to be present in my life and symptoms that I wasn't really used to. I mean, most of you know me really well. My disposition is naturally a little perky. <laughs> I'm usually pretty enthusiastic. Uh, I, I wake up singing and I'm pretty much throughout the day laughing or eating or eating while laughing. Like that's pretty much all that I do. And so I didn't quite know how to navigate these symptoms and, and traits that were coming out of me because it felt so foreign. Symptoms I'd never had, things I'd never faced. And I can remember night times being the worst. I would lay at night, and it was like waves of anxiety would wash over me, and I would lay in bed and, and like try every breathing strategy I know, every positive affirmation, every redirection of my thoughts, every technique that I taught other people to do. And I'm sitting there like trying to just avoid another panic attack. There were like three weeks, I believe, of total sleeplessness. It was awful. 
Like even talking about it makes me tired. I was just so tired. And, and I felt myself withdrawing from my own life. And this anxiety dominated me. It dominated my thoughts and my focus. And you have to appreciate the irony of this. A man who in that same year had completed his PhD on brain research and counseling other people riddled with anxiety. A man who stands on a stage week in and week out and tells people to believe and have hope was laying awake at night trying just to hold on. And I kept saying, like, Justin, come on. Come on, Justin. <laughs> like, brush yourself off. Get over this. And I, I found very little, very little progress. The harder I pushed, it didn't seem like anything worked. And finally, it came to a head. I, I sought help, and I remember this day that I looked at this paper that said the words that I... I actually think I delayed getting help because I was afraid that, this, that it would somehow make it real, even though it was already real to begin with. You know, I just, like, I didn't want to face it. And I remember looking at this paper, and it said, episodic, limited symptom panic disorder. And I looked at it. I remember looking in the mirror. I remember thinking, like, is this me? Is this me now? Like, is this it? Am I going to have this thing on my back from here forward? Am I going to sleep again? Am I going to laugh again? Like, what does this mean? And as someone who's studied all these disorders plenty, those words carried more weight, and it actually made me more anxious, which is the scary thing about anxiety, because the minute you realize you have anxiety, it gives you anxiety. <laughs> and so I'm freaking out, thinking, like, is this my new normal? And it began to take a great toll on me. This battle was without question the hardest that I've faced in my life, and I've been through some pretty tough stuff. We've been through some really awful grief, my wife and I went through a long wait of infertility to receive our precious little child now. We've cried some tears, man. And we're no strangers to battle. But this seemed to wipe my feet out from under me in a way like nothing else did. It was ever-present. It took a great toll on my marriage. It took me a long time to talk to my wife, but even as I began talking, she was like, I knew something was happening because our marriage, it just got so, so cold because I became so cold. It's even harder to admit that it affected my fatherhood. It's like the moments that I wanted to be the most present in were the hardest for me. Like I couldn't laugh with my son. I couldn't play with him. I just wanted to like go in the other room because it was so overwhelming. And this was all during the holidays. This was like October, November, December. That's like party city for me, you know? Like <laughs> it's just like that's the time where I want to turn up the most. And it, it permeated every facet of my relationships, my friendships. It was ever-present. The only thing that gave me any kind of breath or reprieve, this sounds strange, was our Christmas concert. Like, anytime I was working on the Christmas concert, I could breathe, which is weird because that's usually one of the more stressful times in my life, and yet I was like, let's go to rehearsal. Let's do whatever, because those were the moments I felt clear-headed and like I could breathe, which is strange. I think God used it to help me stay afloat, so I love our Christmas concert. But I share all of this today because Though I never thought I would have authority to speak on anxiety, I now very much do. I've been in these trenches. I've fought this fight. I've been in the dark nights. And I'm here to expose the tricks of the enemy. I'm here to expose what he tried to do in me and what he's trying to do in you. Because anxiety is not your destiny. It's not your normal. It's not okay. It's not something you should just coddle or hold on to or get over or tough it out. It's an attack of the enemy on the people of God. And so I want to expose some dirty tricks of anxiety. First and foremost, anxiety is godless. 
it was the most godless three months of my life, and I'm a church kid through and through. Like, I'm always, like, when I drive, I, I, I picture Jesus in my passenger seat. I talk to him all the time. I hear his voice all the time. I, I love the presence of God, and for these three months, it's like I turned my back on heaven. It became so dark and so godless. Anxiety dethrones God from your heart, the throne of your heart and enthrones your fears. Your fears begin to dominate and dictate and control your life, and it's like I stopped praying to God and started meditating on my fear. All of the energy that should be put into praying and hearing heaven gets replaced by anxiety. Anxiety is like a prayer to negativity, to a God of fear. And so all of my energy was going into, instead of seeking the presence of God, it was going into imagining this scenario and what could go wrong and what people are saying and what people are thinking and what might happen to me and what this pain is or what that's going to do. And all of that energy went into creating a world of doom and gloom and it pressed upon me. And it's so godless. It's arrogant. Anxiety is arrogant. You might say, Pastor Justin, that's hard. Um, I deal with anxiety and, you know, it hurts so much. Just because, just because it hurts doesn't mean that it's some lowly thing. Anxiety is arrogant because it makes everything about you. For three months straight, the only person I thought about was me. I thought about myself and my feelings and my fears and my pains, and I became consumed with myself, and anxiety is self-fulfilling because the more you become anxious, the more your world becomes all about you, and you can't break the cycle. I think the reason that Christmas concert rehearsals were the only place that I could breathe is because it's the only time I was thinking about someone other than myself. It's when I realized, oh, I'm a small part of a big picture, but anxiety makes you the only piece of your own world. You're the king or queen of your own kingdom and no one else is there with you. And it feeds this really negative part of us. And what does it tell the world about God when Christians are walking around with anxiety, when we're crippled with fear about tomorrow, crippled with worry about how we're going to get through today. What does it say of our God? It's a poor reflection of him. Anxiety at its core is the questioning of who God's character really is. Anxiety is the questioning of if he's even good at all, because anxiety paints a picture of the future without God's promises in effect. Anxiety makes you imagine the worst case scenario and forces you to reject the possibility for God to work. It settles on how bad things will be and refuses to even consider what if God did something. It's faithless, it's godless. And so the reason I'm saying all of this today is because we have to expose it. It shook me to my core. It shook me to the most foundational parts of who I am that God is good all the time. That Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. These things that I learned in City Kids and here at City of Life Christian Academy, like I barely made it through with these decades of foundation that, that I have been given by my pastors and my teachers. That's why we care so much about your students receiving a Christian education because I barely made it through with all of that. I cannot imagine who I would be today if I didn't have those things to fall back on. Because when the storm comes, your foundation must be firm. That's why these kids were singing this up here today. I'll build my life on a firm foundation of your love. So what did I do? What do you do if you're dealing with this today? Well, what I did was talk about it <laughs> a lot. And it wasn't easy. But isolation is a Petri dish for anxiety. 
it just like causes it to fester and grow and grow. And I know what you're thinking if you're dealing with anxiety. I don't want to talk about it because it makes it more real. I spent way too much time saying that same excuse. If I talk about it, it's going to be more difficult. But the, the more isolated you become, the bigger this thing grows. So I talked about it with my wife in the middle of an awesome vacation. I was like, babe, we have to talk right now. I talked about it with my pastors. Pastor Jeff and Pastor Amy have, I think of like the three darkest moments in my life, and the two of them have been sitting there with us in it. And I'm grateful for the fact that there is an, a place here with pastors who care about the hearts of our people. But I talked about it, and it was hard. And I dreaded talking about it and had a panic attack after talking about it because it made it real. And I hated that feeling. I had to seek professional help and had a panic attack after that because talking about it just brought it all up. And I thought if I ignore it, if I ignore it, it'll go away. But it wasn't going away. It was getting worse. And there are some things that have to do with the wellness of our soul that we cannot just ignore. We've got to get it out of the dark and into the light so that God can work. And so if you struggle with anxiety today, expose it, reject it. This is not your pet to hold on to. This is an attack, a snare, a thorn, an infection that must be addressed at all costs. And if talking about it hurts, so be it. We've got to talk about it. I've got to get it out. Surgery hurts, but it saves lives. Whatever it takes, this thing has to be brought into the light. And then spiritually, We've got some advice for you today according to what Peter says. He says, humble yourself before the Lord. Cast all your anxieties on him and then he'll lift you up. Anxiety feels lowly, but it's all about you. We've got to lay ourselves down into the presence of God. And this advice that Pastor Jeff said in a staff meeting, before he knew what I was struggling with, that's how you know God is good because suddenly your pastor's voice becomes a mouthpiece for God. And I was like, oh, now I really got to talk about it. He said this in a staff meeting one day. He said, we must make sure that fear and anxiety are visitors, never residents. Visitors, never residents. This thing might pass through, but I'm not letting it camp here. It's going to have to keep moving. It's going to have to keep going. It cannot have a place in my life, in my thoughts, in my emotions. And Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Peter didn't say lay it on Jesus. He didn't say give it to Jesus. He said cast it on Jesus. Anyone know what Peter did before he was a preacher? He was a fisherman. For a fisherman to say the word cast, I think it's a loaded word for him because he knows all too well how much energy and effort and intention it takes to cast something. Peter spent his entire career casting nets. I bet Peter had back pain from how much time he spent casting. And he says in the same way, cast your anxieties upon God. Take it in your hands and throw it upon him. Use everything you've got and cast it upon him. Now, I don't think Peter used a fishing pole like this, so this is probably not like chronologically accurate. This is my son's. So he loves fishing, and he doesn't know how to use this yet. He tries every time. And he always says, like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. And I tell him the same thing. I say, Malachi, you press in, and then you release it. I tell him the same thing every time. And so he, he tries again, and he reels it in, and he doesn't quite understand the concept yet of how to cast. So I press in and release it. And as I thought about this sermon today, and I thought about my battle with anxiety, I thought about this word, cast, I felt God father me the way that I fathered my son. What does it mean to cast my anxiety? It means I have to press in and release. 
It means I have to press into the presence of God and release whatever I'm holding on to into His presence, into His goodness. I had about two weeks where I was deeply pressing into the presence of God, unrelated to my anxiety. And after those two, two weeks, I looked at my wife and I said, babe, I, I haven't had a panic attack in two weeks. And then it was like three weeks, four weeks. This is going from 24 seven, like every moment of the day, four weeks, two months. Now I'm happy to stand on this stage and tell you it's been three months since I've had one single symptom of panic attack. And it's not to say that I'm strong. It's not to say that look what I did. It's because I pressed in and released. And I believe a door has been closed in my life. Now I know what's on the other side of that door. And if I can tell you the truth, it knocks sometimes but I refuse to open the door the way that I once did. I will not let that thing have access into the throne room of my life anymore. And if you have anxiety today, I know exactly how you feel right now. Your heart is pounding and you're thinking, this is it, this is my breakthrough, this is finally it. But then it creeps in and says, but what if it comes back tomorrow? But what if it comes back tomorrow? Well, friend, if this thing comes back tomorrow, if it shows up back on your doorstep again, do the same thing again. Press in and release. I don't care if you've got to do this 100 times over. Make sure that fear is a visitor and never a resident. And the more that you press into the presence of God and the more you release to Him, you're going to watch a transformation happen in your life. In fact, I want to speak this today into the room, into our culture, because I'm sick of how the enemy has used anxiety. I believe that people who battle anxiety disorders will become experts at practicing the presence of God because every time anxiety knocks on the door to my heart I'm knocking on the door to heaven and every time fear comes up faith comes up even bigger so come at me all you want anxiety I'm only gonna go further into the throne room of God and what used to be my biggest battle becomes my platform to proclaim the goodness of God come on if you believe it today praise him if you've got anxiety you need to learn how to go fish when you feel a pain in your body and you say, oh no, I'm gonna die, this is it, go fish. When you have to be in a social situation and it overwhelms you, go fish. When your marriage scares you, go fish. You press in, you release, and you're gonna see the power of God at work in your life. Come on, if you believe it today, say amen. I believe there's breakthrough in the room today. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, Click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text the dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.